bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otobu. And now, today's word. Well, I'm doing part two of my message, Faith to Receive. Faith to Receive, and this is part two. Last week, we looked at how Sarah received strength to conceive by faith. Uh, We noted that Sarah had lived much of her life depending on what God had told her husband Abraham. She knew the promise of God uh, had been made to her husband, but she did not have a direct word of God for herself. And her whole life, uh, she had depended on the faith of her husband. However, in Genesis 18 verse 10, she hears a direct word of God to her, uh, where God indicated that she was going to conceive and have a child. And this is the first time that Sarah had had a direct word from God to her, not through her husband. And we anchored our message last week from Hebrews 11.11 that said that by faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah received strength to conceive seed. She didn't receive a child. She received the strength to conceive the child. And so the main thesis of my message from last week and this week uh, in this two-part message is that faith gives us the ability to do things. Faith gives us the ability to do things. Faith does not usually do things for us, but gives us the ability, the strength to do those things. It enables us to do things by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is why when we exercise faith for something, we must act out our faith. We must do something in line with our faith because faith without works is dead. Dead faith is faith alright, but it is dead. And so faith must always have a corresponding action. Sarah acted out her faith. And today we'll develop the same concept a little further. And at the end of this message, I would want you to determine to do something about what you have prayed about. If you've prayed about something, you have faith for something, by the time I finish this message, what I want you to take away with you is that you're going to do something about your faith. You're going to act it out. So, for example, if you believe that God is going to protect you from the coronavirus, you must act out your faith. How do you do it? Wear a mask and sanitize your hands. If you believe God will protect you, your action must correspond with what you believe. If you believe God is going to prosper the work of your hand, you must act out your faith. What do you do? You must have a work of your hand. You cannot believe God will prosper the work of your hand and do nothing. If you believe God is going to give you peace, you must act out your faith. How do you do it? 
be anxious for nothing. You cannot trust God for peace and be worrying at the same time. Your actions must correspond with your faith. Sarah received strength to conceive. So our physical actions must correspond with our spiritual belief. And today we will look at two case studies. And those two case studies are both in the book of Acts. And uh, we will look at the first case uh, that illustrates this point that faith must have action. Acts chapter 3 verses 4 to 8. Acts chapter 3 verses 4 to 8. This is Peter and John going to pray at the hour of prayer and they meet a man who is crippled or lame uh, at the gate of the temple asking for alms. We know that story quite well. Verse 4 says, fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Amen. It's a story we are familiar with and uh, have probably heard many times uh, it retold. Many times when we see the miracles in the Bible, we see them as one whole working. That means we see the miracle as just one thing that happened, one act of God. And that is true. However, this act of God can be broken down. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to segregate the different things that are happening in this miracle. And we can see the various sequences of events that led to the man walking and leaping. So the first thing we want to see is uh, Peter told the man, look at us. He was focusing the man's attention. Peter and John paid attention to the man. They focused on him and also asked him to focus on them. Now, this was probably not the usual way people related to this man. And uh, I think some of us can relate to that because we also have sometimes people who beg money by the roadside in some parts of our cities. And when you want to give money to any of those people, you don't tell them to look at you. Normally, you just drop whatever you have. You don't even look into the face of the person. You just drop whatever you have and move on. But Peter didn't do that. Everybody has bypassed this man into the temple. But Peter says, no sir, look at us. So he's capturing the man's attention. To receive anything by faith 
we must focus our attention. To receive anything by faith, we must focus our attention. We cannot be unfocused in prayer. You can, even if you're praying, you can't just be praying, praying. Your prayer must have a focus. If you have faith, your faith must have a focus. Faith for what? Pay attention. When the word of God is being spoken, pay attention because we cannot receive anything by faith without paying attention. So that's the first thing we see. The second thing we see in the story is expectation. There is attention. There is expectation. The Bible says that the man looked at them expecting to receive something. Probably he was expecting money because that's what he normally get. But the sense of anticipation was higher. He's looking at them expecting to receive something. To receive anything by faith, we must have a sense of expectation. Expectation. We must focus, pay attention. We must have expectation. Our expectation opens us up to receive what God has for us. Many times people go through their life with no expectation. Even after they have prayed, they have no expectation that what they have prayed for is going to happen. There is no sense of anticipation. They are not looking forward to anything. They live every time in a so-so manner, hoping that things will happen. But here we see expectation. The first is paying attention. Second, expectation. Third, it's a rather big word, but I can't avoid it. Invocation. Peter said, in the name of Jesus, invocation. There is attention, there is expectation, there is invocation. What is an invocation? An invocation is a call on a higher authority to act in a situation. So, prayer is a form of invocation. We are invoking. We are making a demand. Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The use of the name of Jesus is an invocation. When we call on the name of Jesus, we make him present in a situation. To receive anything by faith, we must, it must come through Christ. God expresses his grace to us through Christ. Every miracle we receive is a result of what Christ accomplished for us through his suffering, his death, his resurrection, and his ongoing ministry. We don't receive by ourselves based on our effort and based on our own power. We receive through Christ by his grace. Invocation. So there is attention, there is expectation, there is invocation. The number four is not a shin. Number four is command. Command. Or we can call it instruction. Rise up and walk. 
The command was made in the name of Jesus. At this point, when Peter said, rise up and walk, we can safely say that the power of God to heal the man has been deployed. To receive anything from the Lord, we must hear his instruction. There is attention, there is expectation, there is invocation, there is the command or instruction. To receive anything from the Lord, we must hear his instruction. Faith is a response to God's word. It's not just a response to courage. It's a response to God's word. And when you look at the uh, ministry of Jesus, he usually instructed people to do something. The first miracle he did when he turned water to wine, he told the people, fill the pots with water. Fill the pots. That's an instruction. He told Peter, let down your nets for a catch. He told the blind man, go wash in the pool. He told the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. He told the man with a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. He told the man who was paralyzed, rise up and walk. And even to a dead Lazarus, he said, come forth. You realize that everything or most miracles of Jesus were acted out through an instruction or through a command. Because faith must always respond to a command. Faith is not just courage or having been brave. Faith is acting on the word of God. So today I tell you, rise up from defeat. I tell you, be healed in the name of Jesus. I tell you, prosper in the midst of your enemies. Then the last thing we see here is the action. He took him by the right hand. The taking by the right hand is not a spiritual act. It's a physical act based on what the Lord had done spiritually. And this is what I want you to pay close attention to. Five steps. Attention, expectation, invocation, the command or instruction, and the action. By the time Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, the power to heal had been deployed. But the man was still sitting down. The man was still sitting down. So, what if Peter had ended with the invocation and the command? Rise up and walk, and then he walked on, Peter walked on to the temple. Would the man have experienced healing? It doesn't seem so. If Peter had said, rise up and walk, and moved on, the man would potentially be healed, but actually not healed. Because faith gives us the ability to do something, and if you don't exercise the ability, you will still be where you are. If Sarah had not exercised ability, she would not be pregnant. This man was healed, and still 
sitting down. And the Bible says that Peter took him by the right hand. After he had done all the spiritual stuff, he had commanded him in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Man is still sitting down. So Peter took him by the right hand. That's not spiritual. That's physical. And he lifted him up. And if you follow the sequence of what happened, the Bible says, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. When did that happen? When Peter held him by the right hand and lifted him up, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Potentially he had received a miracle, but actually it had not manifested. Because the physical action needed to manifest the miracle had not taken place. And he, leaping up, stood and walked. So, I want you to look at the sequence. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Has the power of God been released? Yes. Has the man been healed? Yes. Is he looking like a healed man? No. Why? Because he hasn't done anything to correspond with what has happened to him. So Peter says, we can't leave this man here. Because if we leave him here, he's going to sit down there although he's healed. So they took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and the Bible says he leaped up. And the moment he leaped up, his feet and ankle bones, which were weak, received strength. Then he started walking and leaping. There is a progression. So what do we learn from this? That it is possible for God to bless you with something and you not manifest it. Could it be, just could it, peradventure, could it be that God has already answered your prayer? But you are not doing what you must do for the answer to manifest? Could it be that God has already given you the ability to do what you are asking for? But you are not corresponding with your action? When Jesus said to Peter, launch out your net. The launching of net is not a spiritual act. It's physical. But if Peter had not launched done the physical thing, there will be no fish to catch. The fish will be present in the water, but there will be no action to harvest them. So sometimes when we pray, God starts the spiritual process, but we don't correspond with our actions. So faith must have an action. Faith must have an action. Sarah and Abraham had to act out their faith for Abraham, for Isaac to be conceived. Noah had to act out his faith by building an ark to preserve the remnant. If he hadn't done that physical act, the spiritual promise of preservation would not happen. David had to act out his faith by throwing a stone at Goliath. If he had stood there and just mouthed phrases to Goliath without releasing that stone, he would not have had the victory. Ruth had to act out her 
faith by putting on her best clothes to meet Boaz. A husband has been promised her and the Bible says she washed, anointed herself, that means perfumed her body, put on new clothes and went to town. What if Ruth had said, well, what God has given me, he has given me. It doesn't matter how I dress, it will come to me. When I was growing up, there was a saying that was very popular. The thing for you never lost. In other words, whatever is yours will come to you. May I beg to differ. The thing for you can be lost. The thing for you can be lost. The thing that God has given to you can be lost. The promises of God to you can be lost. Actually, God can bless you and you not manifest it. Esther had to act out her faith by going to make a request from her husband, the king. Peter acted out his faith by throwing out the net. Faith gives us the ability to do things. That's all I'm trying to get across. Faith gives you the ability to do things. And for most of us, God has already answered our prayer. But you're still sitting at the gate hoping that his power will lift you up to make you leap. But he's already healed you. You have to do the rising. He's already blessed you. You have to do, go and do the work. He's already prospered you. You have to go and start that business. He's already opened the door. You have to enter in. He's already given you the husband. You have to put on nice clothes. He's already giving you a wife. You have to start being nice. Men. You say, I propose to the ladies and, and they turn me away. Check your character. Check. Your harsh words. They throw people away. Faith requires corresponding action. And the action must correspond to what we are believed for. Second case study. Help me Lord. Acts chapter 14. Verse 8 to 10. It's a situation very similar to what we read. But a little different. Acts chapter 14. Verse 8 to 10. And in Lystra. A certain man without strength in his feet was sitting. A cripple from his mother's womb. Who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Similar but different. And I'm going to draw your attention to uh, a couple of things. Three things. The man heard Paul speaking. We are not told what Paul was talking about. We don't know whether he was talking about healing or for people to have faith in God. But whatever he heard Paul say was enough to build faith in him. So the first thing we learn is that God's word produces faith in us. God's word produces faith in us. Paul spoke the word and the man had faith. Now we can conjecture 
at what Paul was preaching about because prior to Paul being in Lystra, he had been in a, a city called Iconium. And the Bible says in Iconium, God worked miracles through Paul. That is in Acts 14 verse 3. The Bible says they stayed in Iconium and the Lord bore witness to his, the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So from Iconium, they came to Lystra. So probably Paul was talking about what had happened in Iconium. In Lystra, he said, listen, this is what God did, and God did this, and God did that, and God did that. Maybe that's what he was talking about, but we're not told. I'm just conjecturing. So, whatever the message was, the man who is lame in his feet, he had never heard about Jesus before, never heard the gospel before, listens to Paul talking about these fantastic things about this Rabbi, this Jesus who died and who rose again and appeared to people and ascended to heaven and is still at work and is healing people and this man is listening and, and something started boiling inside of him. So the second thing is that faith gives us the ability to do something. Faith gives us the ability to do something. That is my main thesis for this message. Because the Bible says that Paul looked at the man intently and saw that the man had faith to be healed. He had faith to be healed. Faith gives us the ability to do something. He had faith to be healed. But he was still down. Can you imagine? The man had faith to be healed, but he was not healed. Is it possible you have faith to do something, but you're not doing it? You have faith to do it, but you're not doing it. So, at this point, Paul is speaking. The man is listening. Paul looked at the man. He says, this man has faith to be healed. But the man is still lame, sitting down. Because faith has not been acted out. Then Paul said to him with a loud voice. Loud voice. In other words, he shouted this one out. Stand up straight on your feet. I'm sure that the loud voice probably shocked the man. And he leaped up. But he had already been given the ability to leap up. He only needed somebody to shock him into leaping. The miracle had already taken place while he was sitting down. The ability that faith gives us must be acted out. The ability that faith gives us must be acted out. Sarah's problem with Abraham is that we are too old to act out what is required for conception. We are too old. And that's what she was laughing about. We are too old. Me and my boss, my master, Abraham, we're too old. But apparently, they did what had to be done. Faith without Action is dead. 
Faith without corresponding action is dead. So if you believe that God is the one who has opened a door for you, then don't do anything unwise to shut the door. So if, for example, you believe, I'm going to eat this interview. God has given me the job. But you dress shabbily. And you go and sit at the interview and you give very, very uh, sarcastic answers. What's your working experience? Doesn't matter. (laughs) What salary do you expect when you come to work here? Whatever you think. Because you believe God has given you the job so you are acting snobbish. Actually, your action shows you don't believe God has given you the job. Because if God, you believe God has given you the job, then you are going to comport yourself. Because you know God has given it to me. As I said, I always say, if you believe God will keep you safe when you are driving, you put on your seatbelt. Because putting on your seatbelt is an act, a physical act. To demonstrate, I believe God will keep me safe. Not putting on your seatbelt is saying, I don't believe God will keep me in safe. You know, because many times we think that if you have faith, you must be reckless. You must be snobbish. As we say in Ghana, you must act by heart. Because I have faith. Faith is not acting recklessly. Faith is acting carefully in correspondence with what you believe. Noah had to spend 120 years constructing an ark because he believed God will rescue him and save him. Why didn't he say, God will save me, boat or no boat? But he had to do something. If you believe God has blessed you, act blessed. If you believe that job you have was God's blessing to you, then don't do anything silly that will make you lose the job. If you believe your marriage is a blessing from God, keep it. If you believe that man was a blessing from God, respect him. You believe that woman is a blessing from God, love her. You cannot say, God gave me this man, I don't care. If he goes, ah, he'll come back. That is not an act of faith. It's an act of senselessness, of silliness. You are not being a person of faith. Oh, as for for this, I believe God has given to, to me. No matter what happens, it's mine. It's not yours. Until your actions correspond with your faith. Two case studies. Both of them were healed, but sitting down. The woman, the man at the beautiful gate, healed, but sitting. He had to be lifted up, a corresponding action. The man in Lystra, healed, but he had to be commanded to act in, in, a, in correspondence with what he believed. Is it possible? That you have been sabotaging your miracles. 
Is it possible you've been frustrating the grace of God with your reckless behavior? Is it possible that God opens doors for you and you shut them? Is it possible that everything you've been praying for God has answered, but your mindset is, if God has given it to me, it will come anyway. So you act nonchalantly. Once in a while, I need to throw in these words, you know. (laughs) If you believe it, act it out. If you believe it, that he's here to rise up and walk. If you believe he's opened the door, get up and go and move in. If you believe that promotion is yours, be wise about it. If you believe that lady is the one God has promised you, don't mistreat her. If you believe that man is the man God wants you to marry, then don't act rudely to him. Let your actions affirm your faith. Because faith without corresponding action is dead. I believe from now to the end of this year, there will be massive doors open. God is going to open the windows of heaven over your life. God is going to bring you unusual opportunities. God is going to let people come into your way on assignment for your destiny. God is going to make you encounter people you never thought you would ever encounter. And please, when that time comes, do the right thing. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Don't mess up your miracle. But take hold of it. Lift up your hand to God, everybody. And say with me, Lord, help me. Oh, say it. Say, Lord, help me with wisdom, with courage to do the right things in, in correspondence to my faith. Give me the right actions. To take, to complete my faith and the miracle that you have given to me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And may the Lord help each one of us not to miss our day of visitation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.